the foundational tool of emotional intelligence really starts with our mindset and are we operating from a place of scarcity or abundance? And when we're operating from a place of scarcity or fear, oftentimes we make choices that are not serving us or whoever we're trying to serve. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. It's been said that every CIO is a salesperson. We have to sell our ideas. We use influence, persuasion, and relationships every day. On this episode of Status Go, we're going to explore leadership lessons from a sales coach. Today's guest is Rebecca Borman. Rebecca is the founder and CEO of RB Consulting, a sales consultancy and development firm. Prior to launching her firm earlier this year, she was in sales and leadership for Verizon and has led sales for a national MSP. Rebecca, welcome to Status Go. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I'm excited to be here and have this chat with you. We always uh, have great, interesting conversations. They they always seem to go in a lot of different directions, don't they? They do. They do. Well, let's start with, I shared a little bit about your background, but I probably summarized your career in about 10 seconds. So why don't you you give us a little bit more about your journey uh, and what brought you to this point in your career? Yeah, I would love to. Thanks for uh, letting me elaborate a little bit. So uh, like Jeff mentioned, I spent uh, most of my career in business development, marketing and leadership roles and technology organizations. Um, The first 13 years of my career, I was um, blessed to work for Verizon um, in a number of different channels there, telecom, uh, um, enterprise and wireless Um, serving um, everything from SMB to enterprise clients in my career with their technology leads. And the last, uh, the last seven years of my career, I was able to um, take everything that I learned from, from those roles. And I worked for an IT managed services organization that helped um, mid enterprise and enterprise organizations optimize their, their infrastructure, um, remote monitoring and management, as well as like their end user support. And in that role, um, I really got to build um, some strong relationships with my clients and their leaders. Um, I've led several different sales teams throughout my career in various capacities. And one of the things that that I really um, noticed is that a lot of the sales training out there teaches you about the processes and the tactics and like the outreach strategies. And one of the things that I think is most important from, you know, a sales perspective, especially these B2B sellers in the technology world that are oftentimes complex solution selling, you're engaging with multiple folks from your client side, multiple people on your side, is that there's these foundational tools. I kind of sum them up as like emotional intelligence tools that are so important in building relationships. And whether you're, you know, whether you're a sales professional, a solution architect, or, you know, a leader at a technology company, we're enrolling people into our vision and ideas like all day long. So these foundational tools are, are so important in, um, in, in our personal 
and professional relationships and development. So uh, my consulting methodology and training for, you know, for sales and business development really is emotional intelligence plus strategy. I, I love that, that you've, that you've tied that together. And um, I've, I've got, I've got so many questions just from your introduction. I jotted a, a bunch of notes down, Rebecca, but one of the things that, that uh, you said that really jumped out at me was this, uh, the, the, you used emotional intelligence and, and how that's really part of leadership. And it reminded me of, a, of an episode or two we did, uh, gosh, it's probably been a couple of years ago now on, on Status Go, uh, that the CIO is actually in sales. That's right? right. Because you have to sell your ideas. Uh, you're you're using uh, persuasion and and influence uh, to help solve problems, and that's really uh, at the at a high level what the sales professional does, right? That's right. That's right. Um, I, I I agree. I think we're all in sales, especially leadership, especially CIOs. They're selling to the business you know, uh, tools and technology and processes to, um, to secure the business, right. To keep it safe, to enable employees to work more efficiently, to provide experiences that are, um, you know, on demand always, and, you know, personal for your clients. And so I think the CIO's role is actually quite tough because you're selling to the business, right? You're also selling to the employees to embrace this technology that you're using. And you might think of it more in the terms of enrolling as opposed to selling, but same thing, right? And then sometimes the CIO is also selling to your customers of how to embrace and leverage this technology to have this, uh, you know, better experience, right? You know, better, faster, cheaper. I think we say a lot of times in the business world that we're enabling that both for the business and our, you know, and our customers totally simplify it in that. But I think, I think folks will get the gist. So when you teach your, uh, I I know you do cohorts of sales classes and you're teaching your uh, approach to sales. Mm -hmm. What things about emotional intelligence are you highlighting for your participants that our, our technology leaders out there today should be also thinking about in relation to their leadership? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Well, uh, the foundation, the foundational tool uh, from my learned experience of emotional intelligence really starts with our mindset and are we operating from a place of scarcity or abundance? right? So our, our mindset is going to dictate a lot of our behaviors. And when we're operating from a place of scarcity or fear, oftentimes we say things, make choices that are not serving us or whoever we're trying to serve, right? So it's taking a, a bit of time there to build up that abundance mindset muscle, if you will, and perspective mm-hmm. so that when we when we realize that we've gotten to a place from um, scarcity, that that we shift right into abundance. So there's all kinds of tools that we can use to um, build that muscle of abundance in our mindset and make it easier to realize when we're operating from that place, as well as you know how to shift. So um, some things that are are really I think important in that are creating our vision 
right? So when when we when we are uh, you know pitching or trying to enroll business leadership into a new technology that we'd like the organization to embrace, we really got to start with the end result and what those are and what it creates and not with the what, not with the technology, right? And we think about, you know, all the value that this is going to bring to the various constituents that are going to be using using this tool and technology. So creating like a full vision, writing that out and having that is so important. And to even take a step back further, I think having that vision for, you know, your overall life and career. So I call it life harmony, right? Yep. That that you get having that foundational vision of what you're trying to create for yourself and your company and your family and your vision that that helps. Cause you, when you, when you're in that business space and you're feeling, um, you know, like there's not enough time, there's not enough resources. They always say no, that sort of thing. You can go back to this vision about what is it that you're trying to create? Like what's your legacy? And then it helps you with that vision for that particular um, case too, right? So starting with, you know, the end in mind, if you will, starting with intentionality of what you're trying to create. Mm-hmm. So how would, uh, if, if put myself in the, in the shoes of uh, our listeners a, a little bit, how would I know in thinking about myself, how would I know if my mindset is one of scarcity or one of abundance? How would, how would I be able to self-assess quickly to know that I need to work on that? Yeah, that's a great, um, that's a great question. And, uh, I I associate abundance with, um, opportunity, um, positivity, right. Um, and like knowing that, um, you know, there's more than enough, right. Um, and when we're in that scarcity place, we're looking at resources as discrete, not available, um, that there's just, there's, there's not so much, we can feel ourselves in that, um, coming from a place of negativity sometimes, right? It's too hard. It's too challenging. No one's going to care as much as I care. Those are all, if if we're projecting that, that self-talk sometimes, you know, and then we're taking that with us to the outside world, you know, we're, we're building our own wall that we have to like overcome. So one, one way to, to switch back is to, you know, take that wall down of scarcity that we're building and, and to, you know, if it's journaling or writing some affirmations of like all the positive things. So like, let's take a moment to catch ourselves. Like we've really been focusing on the, like the what not instead of like what, what, what we have and what is the possibility. Yeah. I, I love that you, you touched on my, my favorite word in all that was journaling. Ah, um, I love and, uh, too. and and I know you and I talked about this a, a couple weeks ago. Um, what are some of the things that you you teach uh, about the power of journaling? First of all, mm-hmm. what's the benefit uh, to journaling? And then how do you teach those who maybe haven't journaled in the past uh, to try to create that habit? Yes. Um, uh, well, there is literally science <laughs> behind journaling um, about how, you know, how we process things in our brain by physically like writing it down. It makes a difference. Actually, I have, I have, um, I have one of my worksheets uh, right here that I give out in my classes, but it has a statistic on it that 
the likelihood of achieving our goals increases when we write down our goals down with pen and paper because it's backed up by science. Study after study shows that the brain is engaged, focused, and activated in the areas that process and store information when we physically write. Yes. So, so um, that was really handy right there. So that's the why. Oh, you know, that that yeah. is the why. Like it works not because Jeff says so, not because Rebecca says so, because that is the way, way our, our brains are like wired. And as um, far as getting started with journaling, I, you know, there's a couple of simple prompts, right? That, um, you know, that we can, that we can give for different areas of our life, you know, like our vision for, you know, our, our career path, our vision for our teams, you know, at work, our vision for, you know, our personal and family life. Those are simple. And I, I would say, is it simple as, three minutes in the morning and three minutes in the evening to get started with. And a lot of times, um, it, you know, even if you're feeling overwhelmed with like answering questions, start with gratitude, start with three or five things that you're grateful for in the morning and three or five things that you're grateful for in the afternoon and just build, you know, build that practice. And then, then you can expand it. So those, those are a couple of my tips. There's also a great, um, there's also a great journal out there. It's by um, the power of positivity. It uh, it's called three three minute the three minutes of power of positivity every day. There's about thirty pages in the beginning that go over all the science of this, and then there's about thirty days of one pages for the morning and one page for the evening where it gives you a quote. It it asks you oh, a couple awesome. prompts that you can answer, and there's a little space for like free journaling too. So I recommend that also to folks. Oh, I love that. We'll we'll try to find a link for that and put it in the in the show notes. Right now, we're going to pause uh, and listen to a word from Intervision Systems. Intervision Systems is the publisher of the Status Go podcast. Unlock the power of more with Intervision Systems. We provide the cutting-edge technology and expert guidance you need to take your business to the next level. Don't settle for less. Choose InterVision Systems and discover what's possible. Contact us now to learn more. And if you do want to learn more, visit InterVision.com. Right now, we're talking with Rebecca Borman of RB Consulting, and we're talking about leadership lessons from a sales coach. And just before break, we were talking about journaling. And this, this popped a question into my mind, Rebecca, that I don't know that I've ever really considered this before. But before journaling, we were talking about this mindset of scarcity and abundance. So do those that journal have a more abundant mindset? Does it, does journaling lead us in that direction? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, my, I, I'm not, I don't know that I've ever seen like a science statistic on this, but working from working with other coaches, uh, life coaches, therapists, you know, all those different things. And just, you know, talking with humans a lot. Um, I would say the answer to that is yes, because you can use it as a tool to create abundant thoughts, abundant visions. Um, and also, you know, when we are in those moments of, you know, scarcity, fear, overwhelm, you know, journaling it and getting out is a way to release it. So if I had to take a guess, 
uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, that's. I, I was thinking the same thing, especially when you were talking about the gratitude journal, um, and uh, we know that there there are studies that talk about if you have that gratitude mindset, that you you do start to build that abundance mindset yes. uh, as well. Well, I, I want to shift gears for a second here and go back to. Uh, something you use uh, a word that I want to I want to dig into a, a little bit. You talk about enrolling versus mm. pitching. Yeah. What's the difference, and what is what do you mean when you talk about enrolling someone? Yes. Well, for me, the word pitching often means like talking at. And uh-huh. enrolling means talking to, like a conversation with. This is a um, a partnership, a journey that we're on together. Um, I really think of enrolling as like being the invitation, right? So you're maybe inviting someone to learn something, consider something that they hadn't done before, which is oftentimes what we're doing when we're trying to pitch or sell an idea to our to our teams to our leadership you know even as a sales professional to a consumer and i think it it you know the the culture um has some like negative stereotypes around sales right i mean just go on linkedin and you'll see how (laughs) you, you know salespeople did this that and the other thing well there are some salespeople that are probably doing this that and the other thing and Maybe it's because they haven't given the tools to look about it from another perspective and the, and, you know, and the, and the business world, even, you know, the consumer world kind of, you know, has sometimes these negative connotations. What I found is that most sales professionals and leaders, when they're trying to advance a new idea, they're really passionate and excited about that. And they see how this provides value to, you know, whoever they're working on enrolling, whether that's, you know, an innovative technology that's going to give them, you know, better data, whether there's, you know, an issue that it's solving, whether this is going to provide a better experience for, you know, the company culture, the client culture, all that sort of thing. And they're, they're just inviting you to be on that vision because they're super excited to help. Um, and so for me, enrolling, especially in a leadership um, capacity, elicits those sorts of feelings where um, using the word sales sometimes, especially for non-sales people that are actually selling all the time, is uncomfortable. And I think it's about using vernacular that works for us, that allows us to be confident in what we're doing and, and want, you know, and we get to show up as our whole authentic selves instead of being uncomfortable that, oh, I don't sell. I don't like selling, you know, I don't know how to sell, you know, so let's use words that, that work for us. I I love everything that you said about using the word uh, enrolling because it, it, it feels like, Hey, we're going on a journey together and I want you to sign up to join me or to join us in this journey. Right. So you're asking you to, asking someone to participate in this. And I think especially for our leaders, our tech leaders uh, that are out there, that's really what you're trying to do. Uh, Rebecca talked earlier about having your vision uh, and being able to articulate that. You're asking not only your teams to enroll in that vision, but you're asking your peers 
uh, and uh, executive management to also join in that vision to enroll in the journey that that you want to go on. I, I I love that concept. The other thing that you talk a lot about, I know from uh, watching your LinkedIn post, uh, is I don't know if it's two words or or one word, but it's a hyphenated word. So we'll go with it that way. Human centered. Yes. How does that show up? First of all, how does that show up in sales? And then flip that and talk about how does that show up in tech leadership? Yes. Um, Yes. Human centric. I'm all about bringing the human back to business and sales. So um, particularly in the sales industry, oftentimes it's all about the what, the product or the service that you're selling, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Almost everything in in our market today, there's competition, right? I, I can't, I'd be really hard pressed to think of, of like a product or service that is completely unique. There's no competition. And that's why we should just talk about this product because or service because no one's heard of it. So I'm a big um, believer in Simon Sinek's The Golden Circle Theory. And if you're familiar, that's a leadership and business model that says we should flip the script on how we're talking about our business. Uh, and what we do, and we should talk about the why, you know, so those are like the core values, the drivers, the value we want to bring to, um, you know, to whoever we're serving. Then we talk about the how, and finally, we talk about the what. So I think this does a couple of things for us, right? Um, when you're enrolling someone, you know, people get engaged with you, with Jeff Tun, with mm-hmm. Rebecca Borman. And how we tell our story about, you know, why we're passionate about what we're doing and how it's connected to our work. That's what creates these, like the emotional impact people buy from people that that is like so true. You know, people are enrolled by people. They choose to go along and enroll in your vision from other humans. Not because, not because RB consulting, not because ton enterprises, not because of, you know, inner vision. It's about, it's about the why and that like emotional connection and the value that it brings. So when we begin our messaging with that, as opposed to, mm-hmm. hey, I do sales consulting, which I don't know, millions of other people do, but, um, <laughs> you know, I want to share what, you know, what's different and to, to um, you know, for exactly this, right? Um, human centric is not even something we really talked about in preparing for this, but that's the messages that I'm putting out there is how do we bring the right. people back to it? And I think it's no different when we're a leader, a CIO. Um, making sure that, you know, we're sharing with our teams, you know, our peers, our teams, our leadership, like, why, like, why, why is that, why is this important to, to, to us, you know, mm-hmm. from, you know, from, you know, purpose-driven living, purpose-driven working um, to then, you know, when you are open and vulnerable, other people's walls come down and they're open and vulnerable also. And you get to, you get to really get to the core of things quicker of, Maybe why someone is not jumping on board right away with your vision. They're going to be more open about sharing their concerns because you're creating this environment of collaboration and a journey as opposed to CIO, top dog, do what I say, no matter what, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Right. So, um, so, so that, so that's my, um, um, you know, real reason for starting with that, with that messaging is, is, 
that's how we connect with people. That's how we build relationships. Relationships are at the foundation of everything we do, whether that's yeah. leadership or technology or, you know, business development and sales. It, it's about connecting with people. And, and I love that you that you start with Simon Sinek and, and start with why, uh, because so many times I think we, we forget that step when we're trying to communicate our going back to what we were talking about earlier communicate our vision and enroll people we we forget about our why and i think it's important as leaders that our teams and our peers understand our why what why do we do what we do why are we passionate why are you rebecca passionate about what you do why am i passionate about what i do what, what are all the other professionals at InterVision Systems? Why do they do what they do? Because they're passionate about helping people solve problems through technology. And I, I think knowing and understanding that begins to put that human touch on those relationships. And I think that is absolutely huge. The other thing that I know that, that you know is important and you, you talk about it, you and I have talked about this, is personal branding. Again, another one of my favorite topics, uh, personal branding, because I think the why is tied up in that. But what else, what else do you talk about that's a part of personal branding? Yeah, I I do too. I love, um, I love talking about personal branding too, because I think there's, there's a bit of a misnomer about it that we have to compartmentalize, you know, like who we are, like business Rebecca and, sister Rebecca and, you know, hang out with your friends, Rebecca. And uh, especially now, all of the data is showing from, you know, organizations like Forbes and Harvard Business Review that like our, our teams and our customers, they want to know us. They want to know like our authentic selves. They want us to show up as who we are. Of course, yes, we need to be knowledgeable and experts in our craft. And that's part of what they want to know about us, but they also want to, you know, be inspired and motivated to engage with us. So having your personal brand um, represent, you know, all of you, as opposed to just these like different pieces is I think so important. Now, does this mean that, you know, you should put every little bit of your story online or in, (laughs) or in, (laughs) you know, in a blog post? No. (laughs) Right. You know, we all have, professional, you know, we all have personal and professional judgment tools that we can use. There's different pieces of our, you know, of ourselves and our story that we share in different formats and ways, right? But it's, it's just, it's taking that wall down, you know, and allowing, you know, allowing, um, you know, things to naturally, you know, naturally come about, you know, sharing, um, you know, why we're passionate, right? So sharing our why with people yes. in our professional brand, um, you know, sharing experiences where we've had learning moments, right? Those are great. Like those ahas. I love how Oprah Winfrey calls it those aha moments. Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. if it was like, if it was something that resonated with you, maybe there was someone else that out there that needs to hear that message too, from both, a, you know, a leadership lesson that you learned or, you know, balancing, uh, you know, being a dad, Jeff, and also being a, you know, entrepreneur and writer, you know, things like that. So, you know, and, you know, we're talking in the professional setting, LinkedIn is a business tool. It's okay to be human on there too. Yes. Yes. It's okay to to be human and to show your personal brand. 
Yes. Uh, and, and that's what I love so much about some of the, some of the things that you post out there. I know I follow you on, on LinkedIn and on Instagram, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the, we follow the two primary places. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I, I feel like through your posts, I get to know you even better. Yeah, uh, and that's you. that's that personal brand coming through uh, and connecting with your why. And I think those are important lessons for our leaders. So, Rebecca, I knew when we started this, the time was just going to fly by uh, yes. and we're, we're nearing end of time. But before we get to our call to action, I'd love to know um, how how our listeners can get in touch with you, first of all, uh, and what you have coming up. This episode's uh, going to air uh, at the beginning of June here, probably. Uh, so what are things do you have going up and how are going on and how can people get in touch with you? Yes. Thanks so much for that opportunity to share. So we talked about it. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Rebecca Borman Consulting. Um, I have a newsletter there that you can subscribe with for just tips around business development and rolling a mindset, you know, uh, sharing your story, those sorts of things. Um, I'm also on Instagram, RB uh, underscore BizDev Consulting. And my website is rbormanconsulting.com. Um, and uh, upcoming, I am enrolling for a new sales training cohort that kicks off June 13th. So this is a, a virtual cohort. We meet once a week for, for about an hour and 15 minutes to talk about some of these things like we talked about today, um, abundance uh, mindset. Um, relationship building school skills, understanding the psychology of um, influence and persuasion, sharing our stories with the why in mind, strategies for getting out there and negotiating. So um, that's open to um, all professionals, right? So uh, sales professionals, business owners, leaders that are enrolling and selling with their teams. And it's a really um, great group learning experience with um, content that you can take back and you know implement both into your professional and personal lives. Awesome. And for those of you that heard Rebecca say it starts uh, June 13th and you're listening to this after June 13th and you just went, damn, go to her website. Uh, I'm sure she's got another one starting up soon because she's running these uh, uh, pretty often uh, throughout the year. So so check out her website. We'll put links to uh, her website as well her, as her social media accounts uh, in the show notes. Now, Rebecca, I warned you. We're all about action here on, yeah. on Status Go. What are one or two things our listeners should do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today? Yes. Okay. I've got I've got I've got two things. I've got two things. One, if you're not a journaler, start journaling. Start by I think this is the simplest way to start three things every night before you go to bed, write it down that you're grateful for. And I would make it about experiences. So of course we're grateful for our homes and that sort of thing, but three experiences that you're, that you're grateful for that happened throughout the day. And the other thing that I would suggest is to sit down and take an honest assessment of, are you, where are you operating from on the scarcity abundance to scale in your, in your personal and your professional life? And is it where you want to be? And if not, you know, what are some tools that you can start using like journaling, affirmations, reading, podcasts, you know, all those sorts of things to um, work on work on that shift? I, I love that. Both of those actions are are 
really easy to do. And, and our listeners know I've been talking about journaling now for uh, two, it seems like 210 episodes, give or take. Um, so uh, that, that will be nothing new. And I love the assess where you are on the scarcity abundance mindset uh, and then start taking action. Uh, that's fantastic. Rebecca, thank you so much for being on Status Go today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your friendship and your support uh, through the years and so appreciate you carving out time to talk with us today. Oh my gosh. Likewise, Jeff, all the things, this was a super fun opportunity to get to connect with you and your audience in a new way. Um, totally appreciate being on here and look forward to our next adventure together. Awesome. Awesome. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Rebecca Borman. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.